This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Today I want to share with you something about a different enemy that we have. I want to talk about Esav. This week we are introduced to Esav HaRasha. And it's very important to study the origins of Yaakov Avinu. Because we know that Esav was born, and then the Pasuk says, And after him his brother was coming out. And his hands were grabbing onto the heel of Esav. Vayikra Shemo Yaakov. You ever hear the name Yaakov? You know anyone named Yaakov? Yaakov Avinu. Why is he called Yaakov? From the Lashon of Akev, the heel. He's holding on to the heel of Esav. Did you ever think about the following question? You know, a name is not a trivial thing. It's not like, you know, you pick a name out of a hat. Hmm, oh, this is a nice baby here. What should I call it? Yeah, let me randomly flip through the telephone book and come up with a name. A name is very important. A name captures the essence of a person's personality. A name is divinely given by, by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Whatever name you have, whatever name Hashem orchestrated you should have, captures the essence of who you are. So why is Yaakov called Yaakov? Oh, because he's holding on to a heel. Yeah, how inspiring, how beautiful. Why is he called Yaakov? Oh, he's called Heel. What a beautiful name. What's your name? Heel. <laughs> Akev. That's his name? Why would he be called that way? Why would he be named after the word Akev? Was this such an important event in the lifetime of Yaakov that his entire identity is named after that word? By the way, why was Yaakov holding on to the heel of Esav? Tosvot writes, because Esav represents which animal? A pig. Chazir. A pig is not kosher. He only has one kosher sign. What's the kosher sign of the pig? Split hooves. So the heel of Esav was like the split hooves of the pig. Yaakov wouldn't touch his nose or his ears, but at least he has one kosher siman, the heel, the split hooves. So Yaakov is holding on to, so to speak, the split hooves of Esav. But others write, Yismach Moshe writes, that when Yaakov held on to the heel of Esav, it transformed the pig. Now the pig has split hooves. You know why a pig has split hooves? Because Yaakov held it. By the way, it's also interesting. Yaakov is called Yaakov. He should be called Akev. If he's named Yaakov because he was holding on to the heel, he should be called Akev. Why is Esav called Esav? Does anybody know what the word Esav means? What does Rashi say? He's Asoy. He's ready-made. He's made. Ayin, Sin, Vav, Yud. So where did the Yud go? Why is he called Esav? He should be called Asoy. So Megale Amukot says an amazing thing. His name was originally Ayin Sin Vav Yud. But Yaakov grabbed the heel. He stole the Yud. And he took the Yud and he appendaged it to Akev and he became Yaakov. But still, why is this such an important uh, feature of Yaakov. Was this the most important thing that Yaakov Avinu ever did? That he's called Akev because of it? When a bar mitzvah boy 
would go to Reb Chaim Knievsky. You heard of Reb Chaim Knievsky? He was God Hadar of our times. I had the privilege many times to see Reb uh, Chaim Knievsky. When bar mitzvah boys would go to Reb Chaim and say, you know, Reb Chaim, I'm becoming a bar mitzvah. Is there any specific mitzvah I should be mechazek in, that I should focus on, that I should emphasize? Reb Chaim would always say, Kibur av va'im. Interesting. Why would he always say Kibar Ava'im? You know, uh, the Chazonish, Reb Chaim Knievsky's uncle, one of the greatest postgum of the 20th century. Reb Chazonish once came to a, a, a cheder in B'nai Brak to, uh, you know, a Bissele Yiddish? Ken. <laughs> to farher the boys. Farher means to test the boys in the cheder. So he would, uh, the Chazonish came in, and there's a boy in the back, you know, ooh, ooh, ooh. And the Rebbe's like mentioning to the boy, you know, you don't ask the Chazonish questions. He asks you the questions. And the boy's like, you know, jumping out of the seat. So the Chazonish says, listen, after the test, you can ask me whatever questions you want. So the test is over. And the boy asked the Chazonish, he asked him a stunning question, probably the most difficult question Chazonish ever got. The boy asked the Chazonish, how did you become the Chazonish? Now what's he supposed to say? Chazonish said, in his opinion, he feels that the merit he has that he became the Gadal Hadar is the honor he showed his father and mother. Very interesting. That Reb Chaim Knievsky would advise boys that of all the mitzvot, when they become bar mitzvah, they should focus on Kibbut Avaim. The Chazonish says that he became... Um, the Chazonish through the mitzvah of Kibbut Avaim. And I want to tell you something else. You ever hear of Rabbi Aaron Leib Steinman? Also one of the great tzaddikim of the 20th century. Rabbi Aaron Leib Steinman makes a very uh, powerful observation. You know, in the Ashkenazi world, you know, where I grew up, I grew up very different than my parents. My grandparents were Holocaust survivors. My grandfather passed away a few years ago at 106 years old, but he was, he was in Auschwitz, he was in Dachau. So when I say I grew up differently than my parents, my parents' generation, if you would take a poll in the classroom, you know, who, who here has grandparents? I'm not asking you, but let's say you would take a poll in my parents' generation, who has grandparents? Very few people had grandparents. It was uncommon to have grandparents because... Most people, their parents were Holocaust survivors and their grandparents did not survive the Holocaust. So my parents' generation, it was a rarity to have grandparents. I, Baruch Hashem, grew up with parents, with all my grandparents. I knew all my grandparents and I knew many of my great-grandparents. And Rabbi Aaron Leib Steinman makes an observation. He says, for the first time in history, we find in our generation people themselves could be grandfathers and grandmothers and they're taking care of elderly parents. Never happened before in the history of the Jewish people. Never happened before. Who ever heard of such a thing? And in our generation, do you know, I'm sure maybe your parents or your grandparents, they're taking care of their parents. Why did Hashem give us this gift, this phenomenon, that in our times... Hashem gives people arichut yamim, long life. 
so that not only they're taking care of parents, you could have grandparents. My parents, who are grandparents, they took care of their, their elderly parents. Why does Hashem give us this gift? So I want to share with you something extremely important. You know, in this week's parsha, Yaakov Avinu dresses up, he masquerades like Esav. And he comes in, and Yitzchak, of course, is blind, and he says, Re'eh, see, Re'ach b'ni, the scent, your scent, my son. Kireach sadeh, like the scent of a field, asher berchay Hashem, that God blessed. So again, Yitzchak is blind, so he can't see Yaakov in front of him. He can't see Yaakov in front of him, but even so, he can't see Yaakov, he smells Yaakov. And he says, you smell like a field that God has blessed. Rashi says, what kind of field is he talking about? Says Rashi, Nichnisa imo reach ganeden. The scent of the Garden of Eden came in with Yaakov Avinu. Do you remember that, Rashi? Did you ever learn that? That when Yaakov Avinu went in to get the, the blessings, Yitzchak Avinu was able to smell the smell of ganeden. Why? Why did the smell of ganeden come in with Yaakov Avinu? What was so special about what Yaakov Avinu was doing that the scent of Gan Eden was coming, coming in with him? So in order to understand all of this, we have to have a historical context for what's taking place in our times, in our generation, in order for Mashiach to come. You see, there's a man by the name of Esav. And Esav was a Rasha. The problem is, that Esav has one zuchut. And this zuchut is so powerful that until Mashiach comes, we're always battling Esav and we're trying to fight the zuchut of Esav. Because in this zuchut that Esav has, there is no one in history who is able to do this mitzvah like Esav. You know what the zuchut is? Kibur Nobody ever honored their father like Esav. By the way, says Rabbi Aaron Leib Steinman, since an order for Mashiach to come, we got to knock out Esav. Mashiach's not going to come till we give him the final knockout punch. In order to counteract Esav, God has to give us extra special opportunities of Kibar Avaim in order to knock out Esav. And that's why in the end of days, for the first time in history, God has given the Jewish people this phenomenon that we have the privilege often, sometimes, to honor parents, to honor grandparents, for grandparents themselves to honor their elderly parents. For the first time in history, in order to knock out Esav, Hashem has given us the opportunity to honor a father and mother well beyond what typically in history one would be able to do. So what we have to understand is, why is the mitzvah of kibbutz Ava'im such an important mitzvah? Now everyone has to behave. You can be recorded for posterity. When I was a bachur, I used to go to Rabbi Victor Miller, you heard of him on Ocean Parkway? And before he would start a shir, Rabbi Miller would say, anyone who has to cough or sneeze, do it now. Otherwise, you're going to be recorded forever and ever. 
And now I'm listening to a tape 50 years later, and I hear, I remember that guy who sneezed during the shear. It's on the shear. So you have to cough, you have to sneeze, do it now, or hold it in. No, I'm sorry. Okay. Why is Kibar Avaim the battleground between Yaakov and Esav until Mashiach comes? Until the great day of the coming of Mashiach? The fight between Yaakov and Esav will be about the mitzvah of Kibar Avaim. You know, Esav's Kibar Avaim was so powerful, was such a force, that Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel, you ever hear Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel? One of the Tanoim said that I don't hold a candle to the Kibar Avaim of Esav. Why not? Rav Shem Gamliel said, because Esav would put on special begadim when he would honor his father. Esav would put on like a tuxedo, special clothing to honor his father. But I, Rav Shem Gamliel says, I honor my father and mother in my regular clothing. From here we learn that the great zuchut of Esav is Kibra Ba'im. In fact, in the coming week's parasha, we find as Yaakov Avinu was about to encounter Esav, the Pasuk says, Vayira Yaakov Me'od Vayetzerlo. It distressed, it, Yaakov was very scared and he was distressed. What was Yaakov scared about? He was scared that Esav had a greater mitzvah of Kibud Avaim. So let's explain this further. Does anybody know? There's a man by the name of Esav. Who is the Nemesis of Esav. First you have to know what the word nemesis means. <laughs> Who is the antidote to Esav? Which figure in the Chumash, which character in the Torah is the kryptonite? You know Superman? You're not supposed to know who it is. Okay? Who is the kryptonite of Esav? Who destroys Esav? Does anybody know? Yosef. Vahaya Beit Vahaya Esav Lakash. Esav is straw. Ubeis Yaakov Esh. Yaakov is the fire. Vyosef Lehava. Yosef is the flame. Yosef destroys Esav. Now, it would have to be. Does anybody know what the name that Yosef is given? Yosef is Sitno Shel Esav. He's the adversary of Esav. In fact, when Yaakov Avinu, Yaakov Avinu is by his father-in-law's house for a very long time. Most people, they get married, they stay by the, the father-in-law and mother-in-law, they have one kid, two kids. But Yaakov's there, Ruvain, Shimon, Levi, Yehuda, Yisachar, Zavulan, it's a very long time to be by your in-law's house. Okay? And he's still going, oh, but when he has, Esa, when he has Yosef, now he's ready to go home. Rashi says, why? Because not until Yosef is born, could Yaakov Avinu face Esav? Yosef and Esav are like, you know, arch rivals. Yosef is the one who could give Yaakov the final knockout punch. Could give Esav the final knockout punch. In fact, does anybody know what name is Esav given in this week's parsha? When Rivka goes to the yeshiva of Shem Ve'ever, so the prophecy that Shem tells Rivka is you're going to have two kids, Virav, Ya'avod, Sa'ir. The older one, Esav, will serve 
Sa'ir, the younger one. Esav is called Rav. Rav. For many years, Yaakov thought Yosef was not alive. When he finds out the good news that Yosef is still alive, you know what? Yaakov sends word to Esav. He says, Vayomer, Rav, Od, Yosef, Beni, Chai. Rav, Od. Rashi's bothered. What's the word Rav doing there? So the Rishonim say, Vayomer Yisrael, Yisrael said, Rav, he's sending word to Esav. Esav, watch out! Od Benicha, Yosef's still alive. You thought you're going to overcome me because Yosef's dead. No, Od Yosef Benichai. Yosef's going to get you. So I'm thinking to myself, if Yosef is the antidote to Esav, does anybody know? Did Yosef ever meet Esav? Did these two characters ever come together? Did they ever meet? Anybody know? Anybody want to take a, a wild guess on Rosh Chodesh Kislev? Tavshin Pei Dalet. Did Yosef ever meet Esav? It's his uncle. Did they ever have a Hanukkah party together? Rosh Chodesh party? Did they go out for lattes together? Did Yosef ever meet Esav? What do you say? Yes. One time. One time. When was that? Very good. Parshas Vayishlach. Yaakov Avinu was finally returning to Eretz Yisrael after 22 years. And Esav was coming with how many men? 400 men. And I'm like getting all revved up because I know that Yaakov has uh, Yosef. And I'm expecting Yosef to come and knock out Esav. I mean, that's what he's supposed to do. And Esav's coming with 400 men, and first he encounters Bilha and Zilpah, Viladeim, and their children. Then he encounters Leah, Viladeha. Viacharkach, Nigash, Yosef, Virachel. And I'm waiting, okay, yeah, and? And nothing happens. Nothing happens. How anticlimactic. Nothing happened. Why didn't Yosef knock out Esav? Uppercut in the jaw, knock him to the floor. Nothing happens. So I want to share with you a gift from heaven, I think, in that little encounter between Yosef and Esav. Yosef knocked Esav out. How so? You know, if, if Yosef is the nemesis of Esav, if he's the antidote to Esav, he must, you know, go head to head with him in which mitzvah? Kibar Ava'im. Now let's talk a little bit about Esav's Kibar Ava'im. Number one, Esav always wore special begadim when he honored his father. Did Yosef wear special begadim when he honored his father? Simply, no, we don't find anywhere. We know Yaakov made for Yosef the Yisrael ahav et Yosef ki ben zikunim hulo ve'asalo kisonet pasim. Yaakov made for Yosef a special garment. 
But Rabbi Eliyahu HaKohen of Izmir writes, don't read the Pasuk that way. Yosef knew that he's the antidote to Esav. So Yisrael loved Yosef from all of his sons. Ve'asalo! Yosef made for himself a kisonet pasim in order to honor his father with special begadim to be able to counteract Esav. What else do we find that was unique about the kibarav of Esav? In this week's parasha, Vayomer Esav, Hine Anochi Holech Lamut, I'm gonna die. Says Sefer Chasidim. You know what Esav was saying? I'm gonna die through Kibarav Aim. Meaning, I will risk my life. What did Esav do for a living? He sold used cars? He sold life insurance? What did Esav do? He's a hunter. He's a hunter. Why is he always hunting? He's hunting to be able to provide good meat for his father. And it was a dangerous job. But you know why Esav did it? Because he risked his life for kibud ava aim. Esav said, I'm going to die from this mitzvah. Would Yosef risk his life for kibud ava aim? On that fateful day, when Yaakov Avinu said, Yosef, and Yosef knew that Yaakov was summoning him to check on his brothers. Now, did the brothers like Yosef? No. The brothers wanted to kill Yosef. And Yosef knew that going to check on them without anyone else around was sakanat nefashot. And when Yaakov said, and he called Yosef, does anybody know what did Yosef answer? One word. Hineni, behold, here I am. Who else used that word? Yitzchak at the Akeda. In other words, Yosef says, I understand my role in this world. My role is to counteract Esav. And Esav is so proficient in Kibbut Av, he even risks his life to honor his father. So when my dad asks me, go check on the brothers, Yosef knows, here's my chance to risk my life. For kibbut avaim, hineni. Behold, here I am. I'm ready to do it. I'm ready to hold, to match up to Esav. But friends, I would assert that there's only one area. There is one area that, as great as Esav was in kibbut av, Yosef, as great as Esav was, Yosef was greater. What was it? In what area was Yosef greater in Kibaravain? And I would say that once you hear this, you're going to say, of course, it's obvious. If Yitzchak wanted anything, Asa brought it in a flash. You want meat? No problem. You want me to risk my life? No problem. You want me to wear special begadim? No problem. But Asa was lacking in one part of the mitzvah, you know which part of the mitzvah? Kibud. It's the mitzvah of kibud av va'im. Honor your father and your mother. How did Esav do in kibud in the va'im part? He was lousy. He aggravated Rivka. 
Vatiena morat ruach lerivka. We know that Esav did not get along with Rivka. In fact, the Ramban writes that when Rivka died, Esav did not even come to the Levaya. He didn't come to the funeral. And that's why the Torah doesn't write that Rivka died because it would be embarrassing to her because Esav didn't show. So even though Esav was great in Kibar Av, he was lousy in Kibar Av Vaim. So if you, I, I would suggest if Yosef would ever meet up Esav, you know how he's going to give him the final knockout punch? He's going to show, show Esav that I beat you in Kibar Avaim. So you know, what, you know what Yosef does? As Esav is approaching, so first Esav meets Bela, Zilpa, and their children. And then Leah, Viladeha. V'yachakach nigash, not Rachel v'Yosef. Like Yosef v'Rachel. So Rashi's bothered. Why don't the mothers go before their children? Says Rashi, not by Yosef. Yosef said, I don't want this wicked, dirty guy laying his filthy eyes on my mother. So therefore, what do, what do Chazal say? Yosef stood in front of Esav. And he extended himself and he lifted himself up. <coughs> and he protects his mother. And he doesn't let Esav, who was going to marry Rachel, by the way. You know that Esav was supposed to marry Rachel? You see, first Rachel was supposed to marry Yaakov. And Leah was supposed to marry Esav. But then when they had the big switch, and Leah married Yaakov... Now, Rachel is going to fall into the lot of Esav. By the way, I would suggest, does anybody know why? Who's Yosef's mother? Rachel. Why was Rachel Zocher to have Yosef? Listen carefully. Because she gave up Yaakov to Leah, and now she put herself in jeopardy of maybe having to marry Esav, so God says, don't worry, not only will you not have to marry Esav, you'll be Zocheh to have Yosef, who will destroy Esav. That was, her, that was her reward. In that one encounter, in that small encounter, you might think it was insignificant, it was innocuous. I believe Yosef gives the final knockout punch to Esav. He says, Esav, you might honor your father, but look at me. I protect my mother. And you don't care for your mother. And in that little brief, short encounter, Yosef delivers the final knockout punch to Esav. He shows that by Klal Yisrael, it's not only Kibar Av, it's Kibar Av Vaim. By the way, where did Yosef get this koach from? That he was so concerned for the honor of his mother. Why was he called Yosef? Because Asaf Elohim es cherpati. Rachel had no children. And when Yosef was born, Yosef, uh, Rachel's shame was gathered in. She wasn't embarrassed anymore that she didn't have children. So 
His entire being, his entire name was the one who protects the honor of his mother, Yosef, Asaf, Hashem et Cherpati. Let's come back to the name of Yaakov. Remember, why is he called Yaakov? Because he held on to the heel of Esav. And we asked, what kind of, is that a good reason to name Yaakov? Yaakov, because he's holding on to a heel? What kind of name is that? You ready for a Tosafot? Tosafot writes, Why did Yaakov hold the heel of his brother? Because he said, My mother is having twins. And every time she has to give birth to a child, it's painful. I want to minimize my mother's distress. I'm going to hold on to the heel of my brother so it will be like my mother only has to do this once. That's why he's called Yaakov. The reason he held the heel of his brother is because he wanted to minimize the pain of his mother. So indeed we see this was a seminal event in the life of Yaakov Avinu. His entire name, his whole reality, his whole essence was somebody who is concerned not only for his father, but for his mother. That's the advantage of Yaakov over Esav. By the way, in the, the Orachayim HaKadosh writes that in Parshat Vayetzi next week, when Yaakov goes to Lavan's house, Every time Yaakov does anything with Lavan, it says, Vayomer el Lavan, Achi Imo. And it says again and again and again and again, who's Lavan? The brother of his mother, the brother of his mother, the brother of his mother, the brother of his mother. And the Rechaim HaKadur says, okay, we get the point, we know who Lavan is. Lavan is the brother of Yaakov's mother. So the Rechaim HaKadosh, the Torah is emphasizing that every single thing that Yaakov did in the house of Lavan, he was mechavein, he was thinking, I'm doing this because my mother told me to come here, because my mother told me to come here. He never wanted to forget for a moment. He understood the koach of Esav is kibud av, but the koach of Yisrael is kibud av vaim. And actually... This difference is explicit in the end of this week's parsha. At the end of the parsha, Esav sees that his brother gets married. So he also says, I'm also going to get married. But listen to the words of the Pasuk. Esav gets married, and then Yaakov was commanded to go <coughs> to Padan Aram, and he gets married. Listen carefully. Vayishma Yaakov El Aviv Ve'el Imo. You know, it could have said, Yaakov listened, El Aviv Ve'imo. But Vayishma Yaakov El Aviv Ve'el Imo. He listened to his father and to his mother. But Esav... Vayar Esav Kiraot Benot Kenoan Bene Yitzchak Aviv. He says, Oh, my father doesn't want me to go there. What about Rivka? 
No, he's not concerned with that. That's the difference between Yaakov and Esav. So coming back to why is it that in the end of days, the battleground, the mitzvah that it's all dependent on, is the mitzvah of kibur avaim. Why is this such an important mitzvah? Is this the most important mitzvah that, you know, we always have to worry about Esav's kibur avaim and we always have to overcome it? Why the emphasis on this mitzvah? So I, I have a sefer at home, Alehi Gayon. He brings from Rav Shimon Schwab, one of the great rabbonim of the 20th century. He says that when Adam HaRishon ate from the Eitz Hadas, you know, had he not eaten from the Eitz Hadas, people would have lived forever. People wouldn't have to struggle with livelihood. People wouldn't become sick. And Adam HaRishon ate from the Eitz Hadas, and he really brought ruination to the whole world. Now people, there's illness, there's sickness, there's difficulty, there's challenge. Because Adam HaRishon ate from the Eitz Hadas. He ruined everything. Whatever existed in the world was downgraded, including the Torah, including the mitzvot. Everything was downgraded because of the sin of Adam HaRishon. There's only one mitzvah that was never affected by the sin of Adam HaRishon. And this was a mitzvah that was not affected because it didn't exist yet. Because although Adam HaRishon and the world had every single possible imaginable thing, there's one thing it didn't have. A father and a mother. Adam HaRishon had no father. Adam HaRishon had no mother. He was Yitzir Kapav Shalakalash, he was the handiwork of God. And therefore when Adam HaRishon sinned, he ruined everything except for Kibar Avaim. So if there's one mitzvah that could bring the world back to the way Hashem created it, it's honor your father and mother. And therefore, when Yaakov Avinu comes into the room of Yitzchak and Yitzchak smells something, what does Yitzchak smell? Re'eh, re'ach b'ni, kereach sadeh, Nichnesa imo reach Ganeden. Yitzchak smelled the smell of Ganeden. There's only one way to bring back the original scent of Ganeden. You know, nowadays they have these things in the, you plug it into the wall, scentify, and you could get, order any smell you want. But one smell you can't order is reach Ganeden. There's only one way to produce Reach Ganeden. Kibod Av Vaim. That was the smell that Yitzchak Avinu smelled when Yaakov came to bring him the meal. And in the end of time, in our time, the mitzvah that will overcome Esav, the mitzvah that will be Chadesh Yameinu Kedem, the mitzvah that will bring the world back to the way Hashem created it, is the mitzvah of Kibar Avaim. And we know the minhag of the Arizal Friday night by Kiddush, he would go and he would kiss the hand of his mother. Because we know that Friday night, as we're approaching the Shabbat, Shabbat and Geula are synonymous. That's why in Kabbalat Shabbat, as we're greeting the Shabbat, we're anticipating the Geula. 
So the Arizal understood that to bring the Geula, we have to overcome Esav. Esav specialized in Kibud Av, and Yisrael specializes in Kibud Av Va'im. This is the identity of the Jewish people. Why are we called Yaakov? Because we don't want to cause pain to our mother. So, in these days, when we could sense, we could sense that Mashiach ben David is around the corner, let's all be mechazek in this mitzvah, in Kibarav, in Kibareim. We should bring the Reach Gan Eden, and we should all be Zocha, Chadesh, Yaminu, Kekedem, Chodesh Tov. Thank you very much. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.